Hello, word nerds. Welcome to another episode of The Dictionary. I am Spencer, and yet again, I am here with a guest. The lovely, I hope I, this is okay, Dr. Maggie Mangold. You got it. Perfect. Uh, it, you know, if you couldn't tell, uh, the word doctor is going to be in this episode. So I was like, I should probably try and find an actual doctor. And it just so happens, well, I think I know a few, uh, but we were able to schedule this very last minute. Uh, we didn't even talk about this. I didn't talk about this with you until yesterday. And we just threw That's this correct. together yeah. this morning. And uh, so, hi, how are you? Hi. Good, how are you? I'm good. Uh, if you are a patron, a, a Patreon, uh, if Maggie gives me permission when this whole recording is done, you may get to see the video of this recording. And uh, I just think that's fun. It's just fun to see people. But we'll play that by ear later. Sounds good. Her video looks wonderful. Um, <laughs> so, so yeah, you're you're a doctor. Uh, can you just give a short little description of sort of what what your history of being a doctor has been like? And we'll talk more about that later, too. Yeah. So I am an MD. I am a family medicine doctor. Um, and I obviously went to undergrad and then med school and residency, the whole thing. And that lets me get the letters MD behind my name. <laughs> Those very, very important letters. They are. Yeah. So we we met in a very random way. Uh, yes, I, did. I would like you to tell this story. I'm curious what your side of it is. Yeah. So I was trying to remember exactly what year it would have been. Mm. And I think I think it was about 2009. I'm going I'm pretty positive it was 2009 because it was kind of the last trip before uh, my sister really, really wanted to have a baby. And a year later, she had a baby who is now 13 years old. Yeah. So 2009. Yeah, I, I think it was my fifth anniversary trip. Mm. Um, so that's kind of how I was was figuring that out. So yeah, my husband and I went to Jamaica and spent a week at a resort and met this really lovely family who was there, two adults who were just so fun and their two adult children and their significant others. And they kind of ended up adopting us and letting us hang with them for the week. And that would be your parents and you and your sister. Yeah. And they are literally on a plane right now from the same resort because this is their like yearly thing. And this is the first time they've been back since the pandemic. And I'm actually going to go pick them up from the airport tonight. <laughs> oh, that is awesome. Yeah. And then we became Facebook friends yeah. and we've kind of... Yeah, I follow you. And then and then there's another connection, which has just become even weirder. Yeah, so strange. I uh, was waiting in line to go see a They Might Be Giants concert. And this guy and I started talking and he's like, oh, let's become Facebook friends like people do randomly on the street these days. And then, you yeah, know, you like, look through there. Uh, who else do you know? Who else are you friends with? And I was like, how are you connected to Maggie? Yeah, he lives in my neighborhood. Yeah, ah. I knew him. Yeah. That's so funny. Yeah. Life is weird. <laughs> it is weird. It is weird. So, um, so you you're you're not related. You just grew up no. or just neighborhood. Okay. For some reason, I thought you were related yeah. or something. Gotcha. Gotcha. No, but it's a small town, so it feels like that. Mm. I mean, everybody knows everybody's business and has random opinions of other people, and you know, just like a dysfunctional family. Yes, the best dysfunctional <laughs> families. Um, <laughs> 
So yeah, we, we Facebook uh, brought us together, I mean, after Jamaica, yeah. and we made this work, and uh, I'm so glad to have you here. And uh, you, of course, you have no idea what you're in for. This is all brand new to you. I really don't. Uh-uh, no clue. It's going to be great. Um, maybe afterwards, if you have a good time, you, you can listen to some past uh, guest episodes or, uh, you know, or just listen to the whole catalog. You know, there's like almost 1,500 episodes, so you've, there's no lack of, of fun. <laughs> make me do my exercise because um, podcasts are about the only way that I get around to doing that yeah I always need something to listen to as I'm like doing the 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 bike over there or, or stretches or something like that yeah all right well let's let's talk about some words uh, we have a little ways to get to before we talk about doctor so we'll just we'll get through those first the first word in this episode is the sixth form of the word doc. Uh, the previous episode had forms one through five. So uh, this form is a noun from 1586, and it is the place in a criminal court where a prisoner stands or sits during trial. And there is a little phrase, in the doc, and that just means on trial. So I guess if somebody's on trial, they would say in the dock because they would sit on this thing or in this little place called the dock. But I have no idea if this is a word that's still used. Do you have any idea? Have you heard this? I haven't heard it used that way, but I think we need to bring it back. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I guess I always would have said they're like, they're in the box or the hot seat or... Box. Yeah. yeah. Hot seat. Yeah. So on the stand. Yeah, on the stand. That's probably the more proper term for that, not the hot seat. I don't think the judge ever says, go sit in the hot seat. <laughs> uh, this is, uh, it's from a Dutch word, dock, D-O-C-K-E, which means cage. And I definitely remember seeing, you know, uh, not photos, but art of back in the day trials. And they would literally have the, the person on trial in a cage because they maybe they were a murderer or something like that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So that makes sense. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't think I have anything else to say about that. <laughs> I, haven't, I don't either. Nope. Okay, curveball number one. Um, what okay. I have been doing is after each word, um, I, I make a little sound effect, just sort of either something I come up with beforehand or something off the top of my head, and it's just sort of there to denote that word's done, here comes the next word, and I'll do it after each word. So my okay. question to you is... Can you think of just any random weird sound effect or musical thing that you can just make with your mouth? And then we'll, we'll go back and forth and we'll make that sound throughout the episode. Um, the goofier, the better. <laughs> oh, yeah. I love it. I love it. A good raspberry, but lips only, right? Mm -hmm. Right. Lips only. That's perfect. I don't know if I've ever done that sound effect in the last couple of years. Okay, so you already did the sound effect, which means we are moving on to the next word, which is dockage. Uh, it's dock with A-G-E at the end. Noun okay. from 1648, number one. A charge... That's oddly specific, 1648. Yeah, yeah. Um, most of the time we get pretty pretty specific uh, dates. Um, I think it's like the first known usage. So if they have like okay. a book or something written, they're like, yep, we know the year that this thing came out. But um, okay. they're not always so specific. So number one, a charge for the use of a dock. 
So if you uh, if you own a dock, maybe on a, a lake or something, and somebody wants to use your dock for their boat, they have to pay you a dockage. Dockage. I, I don't own a boat or a dock, so I have never had to deal with a dockage. No, me either. Uh, most people don't, so we're I think we're in good company. Number two, the docking of ships. So just the general bringing a ship to a dock is just the dockage. And three, the docking facilities are the dock, the dockage. I wonder what facilities they have at a dock. Hmm. I mean, I guess maybe like ropes, like a place to store ropes and anchors and fuel and, and stuff like that, I guess. Yeah, and like the post to tie the dock to. Yeah, I guess that would count too. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. I've only really been on a handful of boats in my life, so I don't have much experience. <laughs> you live in a city on a lake. Yeah, I, I have a couple of uh, my bosses have a have a sailboat. I think I was on that a couple of times. And back in the day, I knew a couple people also who had a sailboat, which I was on once. But it's like I, I'm not working the boat. I'm not tying it up. So, yeah. No. Uh, okay. Well, you don't have a boat either, so we don't have anything else to say about. No, I took a sailing lesson once. Oh, that's more than me. Mm -hmm. Did you? There was like no it? wind that day. Um, no, there was no wind. So I learned how to theoretically sail from a really cute dock boy. Um, I don't know if that's coming up soon, but dock boy should be Ooh. one of those. Um, but we just sat and he told me about sailing and that was the extent of the lesson. I mean, I guess that's more than not learning about it, but it would have been nice to actually yeah. get out on the water and do it. It would have been, yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. It would have been. Um, unfortunately, Doc Boy is not in this book. Should that's be. Ve that's very sad. It would be the next mm -hmm. word, actually, but... It's really two words, though, so it's not, I mean... Yeah. Well, and just alphabetically, uh, it would come after dockage, yeah. but um, I wonder... Yeah, there's there's got to be some... I think there are some other boy words, but um, I guess Doc Boy isn't popular enough for the dictionary. It, it really maybe should be. Yeah, I, that's another one we probably should bring back. Yeah. Sound effect time. I'll, I'll make it this time. <laughs> this, it, it, trust me, it gets, and play, feel free to have fun with it. Play with it. Change it up. Um, this is the first form of the word docker with an E-R at the end. Noun from 1765. Uh, oh, oh, I don't like this one. This is one that docks the tails of animals. And uh, in the previous episode, I talked a lot about that because there was actually Doberman Pinscher and then Doc and the process of cutting their tails and what's left over is the Doc. And yeah, not my favorite. Uh, have you... Mine either. Did you have any pets? We have a dog and now three cats as of a couple weeks ago. Oh, um, fun. And all... Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, all of them have all their parts. The cats have their claws. The dogs have their tails. Yeah. Perfect. That's what I like to hear. So no no tail docking My in your future. My furniture shows that. But, um, <laughs> yeah. With claw and fur and other things, uh, maybe. Absolutely. Uh -huh. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so you will not be a docker because you will not be docking their tails, it sounds like. Correct. Correct. Excellent. Thank you. Uh, that was just a short little one. It's now time for you to make the sound effect. Perfect. 
second form <laughs> of Docker. See, you this morning when you woke up, you had no idea of what you would be doing this afternoon. <laughs> Making raspberry sounds to your computer. Uh, this is the second form of Docker noun from 1887. This is chiefly British, and it is one connected with docs, which I don't understand, but we do have a synonym. Uh, it's it's the word longshoreman. Con- one connected with docs. Is this Doc Boy? No, this is Docker. I mean, yes, like you could maybe, uh, maybe I, one I'm could say. I'm thinking this is the old form of Doc Boy. Yeah, it's got to be. Uh, you know, they they would maybe hop from Doc, Doc to Doc. Totally not politically correct, by the way. <laughs> you know, person. it's like Pool Boy, Cabin Boy. I, I accept it. It's okay. Okay. Um, yeah. One connected with docs. I don't really understand that. I got to imagine this is the boat. Yeah. But I'm not British, so I don't know. I don't either. The next word is docket. First form. Noun from the 15th century. Uh, we've got a handful of definitions here. Number one. A brief written summary of a document, and the synonym is abstract. Now, I I imagine in all of your schooling, you probably had to write lots of science-related things. Is this a word you ever came across in in that? No. Because I think an abstract is like, this is the short little description of what my document is about. Yeah. I mean, we had to write abstracts, but... Never called it a docket. Mm Mm-mm. Uh, Yeah, it is from the 15th century, so it's pretty old. So, yeah, we probably just moved on to the word abstract instead. Uh, 2A1, a formal abridged record of the proceedings of a legal action. Yeah, we still use that. Yeah, I I mean, I don't don't deal with the legal world at all, thank God. Uh, I watch enough, like, law and order that I feel like I hear that word next up on the docket. Right, right. Um, and okay, so similarly, we have 2A2, a register of such records. So it's the shortened version of the proceedings of the legal action and then the register of those records. And then I think this, the, these next couple are also very related to what you said, which is 2B1, a list of legal causes to be tried. Also, the caseload of a court or judge. So, like, what's what do we got to deal with today? And then I'm losing my numbers because there's so many, like, letters and numbers. 2B2 is a calendar of business matters to be acted on, and the synonym is agenda. So, yeah, the for the judge, the court, what's on the agenda for today? What's on the docket? Bring it to me. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I was never really a fan of uh, Law & Order, um, is, is that something that you're a, a strict fan of? Do you watch it all the time? No, no. My husband and I, back in the day, gosh, I'm dating myself now. We've been married almost 20 years. And so when I was in medical school, it was a guilty pleasure. We would watch Law & Order, oftentimes the old ones, because they would run continuously, like on TBS or something, yeah. you know? so. We could eat dinner and I could spend one hour watching a Law and Order. It would all get wrapped up and then I could go back to studying. So um, you didn't have to follow the 
season, you know, yeah. to know what was going on in that episode. So yeah, we watched a lot of Law and Order back in the day. Yeah, that's perfect. In our little garden level apartment. Oh, I'm sure you have many memories of that. Mm, <laughs> yeah. 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 One hour. You get, it's not It's not full length movie uh, length, uh, but it's just enough to let your brain go in another place before you got to go back to all the medical stuff. And it's not right. a medical and show. I, exactly. I don't enjoy medical shows. I criticize everything in my head <laughs> and out yeah. loud. So. There's a problem when you know too much about a thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah. So yeah, as you said, they said dock it a lot on the shows like that. We have one more definition for this one. Number three, an identifying statement about a document placed on its outer surface or cover. Uh, So I get this is, I think, similar to the abstract. What is this thing about? We're going to slap it on the front of it so you can just read the docket before you open up the whole thing. Like more like a jacket, like a on a book now yeah yeah i guess i guess if yeah if you read like the back of a book it says a little blurb about what it's about or like the front cover i guess you could call that a docket too yeah Yeah. um it doesn't really say where this is from but i have to imagine it's related to the word document because i would yeah that's kind of what it's about yeah sound effect time is it my turn or yours i think it's yours it I think it's fine. Yeah, you got the cheeks in there, too. That was good. (laughs) Uh, This is the second form of docket transitive verb from 1615. One, to place on the docket for legal action. So this is the act of putting a thing on that agenda. Number two, to make a brief abstract of and inscribe inscribe it in a list to inscribe with an identifying oh i think i totally combined two definitions into one i'm going to reread that again (laughs) to make a brief abstract of and inscribe it in a list and the example of the thing that this abstract is about is a legal matter so again this is writing up the short docket or the abstract about a document you'll see a lot of repetition (laughs) when you get to words like this (laughs) Uh, And then number three, to inscribe with an identifying statement, and uh, you're inscribing a document probably. Yeah. Yeah. The next word, okay, so this is uh, similar to your doc boy word. It is doc hand. One word, noun from 1920, and the synonym again is longshoreman. I, I don't. Yeah, I don't know if longshoreman is newer or older than dockhand. Although I, based on the way it is, I would assume it's older. It just feels I older, right? Yeah. Right. Um, so yeah, somebody working on the docks, they decided to go with dockhand instead of dock boy. Yeah, that's too bad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, uh, let's see. Let's see. Yeah. I, I, you know, we'll learn more about longshoremen, what that specifically is when we get to the L's, which is going to be when I'm an old man. <laughs> you, it's going to take a while to run out of material. Oh, yeah. No, I have no no lack of material for this at all. <laughs> lack of time in my life, maybe. Um, it's your sound effect time. <laughs> 
Perfect, perfect. Just nice and even keel. Great. Mm-hmm. Uh, next is Dockland. Um, yeah, Dockland. I guess you could also maybe say Dockland, but Dockland I think makes more sense. I heard Dock Gland the first time and was trying to figure out where the Dock Gland was. So I'm, <laughs> I'm glad. <laughs> you as a doctor have never heard of this Dock Gland. What even would that be? I, have, I was trying to figure it out. I'm like, oh crud. <laughs> Did I miss something in all those years of medical school? I know there was a lot of lectures, but. <laughs> yeah, that's one I think you would have remembered probably. <laughs> It's where the boats come up, and I don't know. <laughs> I don't even want to think about where this is going to be. No. Okay. So, yeah, there's no there's no G in this word. It's just dock land. Uh, it is a noun from 1904. Uh, it is British, and it is the part of a port occupied by docks, and then also a residential section adjacent to docks. So this is literally the land of docks, where the docks live or the area next to the docks. Yeah, pretty self-explanatory. Yeah, I mean, it's. It, I wasn't expecting it to be so on the nose, <laughs> but it is. But it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it is British, so you know that's why I've probably never heard of it. Uh, yeah, you were hanging out in the dockland when you were giving Dock your land. short little yeah. uh, uh, sailing lesson. From the dock hand. From the dock hand, exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's my turn for a sound effect. <laughs> Next is Doc Master. One word, noun from 1736. I think that they control the dock hand in some way. That's my guess. Yes, mm-hmm. it is a person in charge of a dock or marina or of the docking of ships. So, yeah, they're, they're the big boss. Mm-hmm. Dock master. I mean, it's. I feel like this one is so dated. This is. It feels yeah, very old. Yeah, we don't use that. I mean, and we don't use the word dock boy anymore. But um, we don't use the word master much anymore. No, know? I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if there are if, if some people still use this one or other ones that use the word master in that context. But yeah, it definitely yeah. feels like it's something that we should get rid of. Yeah. What would what would would you we use instead? Doc boss, maybe? Yeah. Expert doc. Yeah, they're they're like telling people what Supervisor? to do. Yeah, yeah. Um but for now I guess we have to just say doc master. Okay. We'll do that. We'll we'll have to. And anytime we go mm-hmm. to the dock land and the, we see the dock hands <laughs> being told what to do by the dock master. <laughs> oh. All right, I think it's your turn for a sound effect. Perfect. Next is dockside. One word, noun from 1887. Uh, That is the side where your dock gland is on. Is it your left side or your right side? It might be different depending on your body. What dock side is your dock gland on? Okay. This is the shore or area adjacent to a dock. Uh, So it's just what's over there. It's dockside opposed to, I don't know, street side? Yeah, the, it, yeah, it's part of the dock land for sure, um, but I guess but it's, it's like adjacent to it. yeah. So it, I guess if you're if you're t- I'm trying to think of a good context, um, the the boat. Oh, go. Oh, okay, wait. So if you're on the boat 
and you you're telling somebody, oh, there's there's somebody over there on the dock side. It's the dock side yeah. of the boat, which is where the dock is. I I think that they would probably use it that way. Uh, the shore or area adjacent to a dock, but I guess you could also be on the dock and say dock side, and you're talking about next to the dock or the water. Yeah. Who uses this? I, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, you could have had a fisherman on instead of a doctor. <laughs> you know what? Really? I think doctor doctor is way more important in my book. <laughs> I, I, I saw doc and docket, and I was like, eh, you know, that's fine. But doctor, yeah, that's a big one. <laughs> I'm just sorry for you that you have to go through all of these words before okay. we talk about your expertise. That's but we're okay. there's a lot of doc words. Here's another one. <laughs> I don't remember if it was my turn or not, but I took control. Right We're going to go with it. Doc worker is next. Noun from 1913. Oh, yet again, we have the synonym longshoreman. So doc hand and doc worker, but which one came first? Doc worker. Oh, let's see. Doc worker is 1913. Doc hand is 1920, only seven years later. And there was another one, I thought. Oh, uh, docker. That's 1887, and that's chiefly British. So it seems like it was maybe Longshoreman was first, and then Docker, and then Doc Worker, and then Doc Hand, and then, of course, Doc Boy. Yeah, right, right. Yeah. Uh, Circa 2023. <laughs> right, exactly. We, we, can, <laughs> we can put this date down in history. Uh, Maggie has coined a word, Doc Boy. Okay, yeah, that's it for Doc Worker. Sound effect okay. time. It sounds like a boat coming up to the dock. Mm-hmm. Or, also, or the dockyard. That is our next word. Noun from <laughs> 1704. Number one, the synonym is shipyard. And two, yeah. uh, this is British. The synonym is navy yard. It's the place, is, place for the boats. I think about this much bigger scale docks than, you know, flat bottom boating Row boats on the or river. sailboats, dinghies. Yeah. Right, yeah. right. Yeah, this is large boats, uh, military boats, cruise boats, yachts, everything that I have never been on. <laughs> Correct. Yeah, same. Uh, okay, we have no more dock words. We have... <laughs> okay, this is going to be fun to say. It is... Docosa hexaenoic. Docosa hexaenoic. I will quick, I mean, it's really spelled like it sounds. Uh, sorry, there's the second word is acid. So D O C O S A H E X A E N O I C acid. That's that. It is a noun. Um, it doesn't give a year, but it is an omega 3 fatty acid. C22H32O2, found especially in fish of cold waters. I suspect that you have studied a lot of chemistry. You probably had to. And so you yeah. may understand this a tiny bit more than me or a lot more than me. But I, it's, it's just a, a, it's a, an omega-3 fatty acid in fish. I, so this is, I am pretty sure this is DHA, um, which they put in prenatal vitamins oh. and people take, um, 
you know, prenatal vitamin with DHA. It's an omega-3 um, for brain development and all of that. I completely believe you that absolutely, well, you know, DHA makes sense with this word. And, you know, yeah, there's there's tons of supplements out there in the world. Uh, people want to get their fatty, their fatty acids, their omega-3s. Uh, you know, fish oil, that's a thing. So it's in fish. So um, yeah. And of course, you being a doctor and a mother would know way more about that also than yeah. me. <laughs> uh, so did you, is this something that you, you took when you were pregnant? Oh, I remember. So my oldest turned 17 here soon. Ooh. So it wasn't really in prenatal vitamins when I was pregnant with him. And by the time uh. the next one rolled around... It was like all the rage. Mm. And I remember feeling, you know, like a good mother does, feels guilty about everything, even if it wasn't their fault. So I yeah. felt bad that I didn't take it with the first one and should I have and all that unrealistic expectations we put on ourselves. Right. And, you know, I'm sure there's a lot of a lot of science that can be done to figure out if it's actually beneficial or if it's just like a placebo kind of thing or I don't know. Yeah, I mean, there's so much that we don't know about supplements. Are they really, I mean, food is best. Right, right. We, we, we get vitamins better from food than we do from any sort of supplement form, so. Right, and yeah. But then they tell pregnant women not to eat too much fish and, you know. But then you're putting this stuff in the supplements that's from a fish and. Yeah. Uh, just, just you know, read your body, do what's best for you. Try and eat a really healthy diet if you can, yeah. and yeah, yeah, everything in moderation. Exactly. Uh, you have no idea how many times I've said that on my podcast. <laughs> like, <laughs> yes, I try to eat very healthy, but I also love a donut. So be smart about it. <laughs> right. Uh, okay. Sound effect for you, please. <laughs> Oh, that couldn't have been more perfect. That is a fanfare sound because we are now on the word doctor. Uh, this is the I first one. I didn't even form. know. Nope. You had, you had no idea. Uh, that's what's fun about this. It's like, I mean, I read the words, but I don't know what's the definition. So I'm like, it's all new to me. And it's if it's new to my <laughs> guest, that's even better. Okay, doctor. We There's a lot to say here. Um, we'll, you know, we'll just, we'll just uh, dig right in. This form, the first form, is a noun from the 14th century. Oh, okay. Number 1A. An eminent theologian declared a sound expounder of doctrine by the Roman Catholic Church. And it's called also Doctor of the Church. I know that there's a lot of other doctors out there in the world, but I did not realize that there are doctors of the church. I'm not Catholic. I know. Nope. That's a new one to me. Yep. Moving on from that area. 1B, uh, a learned or authoritative teacher is a doctor. I guess that, that makes sense. Yeah. I mean, I don't know what context exactly that gets used in, but yeah. I mean, you can have, yeah, doctor of anything, really. Right. Archaeologic studies or... And if you're, Random. if you've done enough studying, yes. you can then teach people because you are an, an authority on the subject. Yeah. yeah. Uh, 1C, a person, this is where we're really getting into it. A person who has earned one of the highest academic degrees as a PhD conferred by a university. What else okay. is above that? 
or maybe there's nothing above it, but it's like there's a bunch of degrees that are at a similar level. Like, I mean, yeah. I don't even know what they are. I mean, it just really becomes word salad at that point yeah. when people have like all these letters behind their name. You just have the the two MD. I, I just have two. I didn't mean to sound that in like, oh, you just have two letters. I, I only have two. Yeah. <laughs> two more than me. <laughs> I, it's all about the number of letters that you have, right? So right, uh, right. the dentist, ooh, they get three letters, DDS. I do. I do. <laughs> um, okay, one D. Uh, this is a person awarded an honorary doctorate by a college or university. And examples of those honorary doctorates would be LLD or Lit D. Uh, I think those are related to like literature and, and stuff like that. Yeah. But an honorary, I think of that now as like you didn't actually earn it. Right. We're just giving it to you. So could you really call yourself doctor if you didn't? I am going to say, no, you can't unless it's me. And then if I am given an honorary doctorate, then yes, I will call myself doctor. Okay. Yeah. Fair. <laughs> it's all your point of view. Um, <laughs> yeah, it is interesting. Like the word doctorate, I mean, that's going to be the last word in this episode. It's such a high level thing that, oh yeah, we're just going to throw out these honorary doctorates to these people. Right. Uh, you you don't have an honorary doctorate. You have an actual doctorate. Um, I do. Yeah, we'll let, I think we'll we'll keep on going through these, and then we'll get more into the weeds of like your okay. your life and stuff. Okay, two a, a person skilled or specializing in healing, in healing arts, especially one who holds an advanced degree and is licensed to practice. And examples of this type of person would be a physician, a dentist, or a veterinarian. Um, so yeah, this is specifically about the healing arts. Was that a phrase ever used? No. Um, we will say medicine's more of an art than a science. So that word art hmm. does come in when we talk about it, but I don't usually hear it referred to as the healing arts. Yeah. You mean your, your degrees, your diplomas don't say a doctorate in healing arts? They really don't. Uh-uh. Uh, it seems well, like... It we can check. <laughs> <laughs> um, it, it seems like the, they, they decided to use the word, the, those words here specifically because... It's a very short general term of the healing arts because it's physicians, right. dentists, veterinarians. And of course, that there's more to that list, but that's a pretty good, pretty good starter list. Um, advanced degree and licensed to practice. That's very key. Licensed to practice is incredibly important. Right. Uh, but does that mean that a physician who retires is no longer... I mean, a doctor who retires mm. and gives up their license is no longer a doctor. That is a good question. You, you, you would know better than me, probably. But uh, I, I mean, we refer to them as a doctor. It's one of those yeah. titles that kind of sticks with you. You know, I think because there are so many definitions here, this is a very specific case. But also, you know, I you look at uh, let's see, number one C, a person who has earned the highest academic degree as a PhD. So they, because they earned that degree, they're still considered a doctor. Yeah. Yeah. I would agree. Yeah. So even if you retire, we're still going to call you doctor. Okay. Which no one really does in my personal <laughs> life. Oh, that's that's sad. I think you should start uh, telling people, you must call me doctor. <laughs> well, my, my, my kids have friends over. That's Dr. Maggie. To you. Right, right, right. <laughs> uh, 
Okay, 2B, the synonym is medicine man. Um, you know, so this is the Ooh. shaman, the, you know, um, different cultures have a medicine man, a medicine person instead of a quote unquote doctor. But I really liked Dr. Quinn medicine woman when ah, I was growing up. Yeah. Which would be. Mm-hmm. Uh, she, so, yeah, she had she had both in there. Medicine woman and doctor. Yeah. Is medicine woman in your in your dictionary? Oh, here? I highly doubt it because, you know, we, we live in this very weird society where things like that just get totally missed. Uh, let's let's uh, do a quick I'm look. I'm sure it's not. Yeah. Um, You know, I have been surprised at times about what has been in here. Um, Hold on. I'm super curious. I'm sure Medicine Man's in there, but I bet Medicine Woman's not. (laughs) No. We have Medicine Show, but not Medicine Woman. That's more important. Right, exactly. Um, Okay, Medicine Man... 3A, uh, material added to food to produce a desired effect. Uh, so if you got to you got to doctor up the food, like yeah, I, I would assume you know if you're putting medicine into your pet's food or something that you're doctoring it up. Yeah. Uh, I have to do that with my cat. She has, she's on a medication. We're gonna get her on another medication because she's getting old. But I think of this as well as like. If you buy something that's pre-made and then you add a few things to make it look not homemade, I don't know who would ever do that, but um, you doctor it up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's <laughs> that's what I would think of as well. And the, the, the part in here, to produce a desired effect, I mean, I guess the desired effect could be I want it to taste a different way or I want it to look a certain way. I want people to think I actually made it, yeah. Right, I want them to think that it was homemade instead of mm-hmm. just home baked Mm -hmm. um yeah doc doctor doctor your food okay 3b a blade for spreading a coating or scraping a surface uh and this blade would could be of metal that one i don't understand i don't either i don't think we use that anymore spreading a coating or scraping a surface. You know, if like you're putting plaster on the wall, you got to use the blade to to, yeah. to move the stuff around and make it all flat and nice. But I have never heard that used as a, a doctor. I haven't either. Uh, number four, a person who restores, repairs, or fine tunes things. Uh, th- th- I, th- I think this one is a little bit more, um, not quite slang, but a little bit more yeah. uh, casual. Restore, repair. So like um, um, the auto doctor or okay. uh, le- yeah. something like that. You know, there, there was a place who fixed cars near my work called the auto doctor. So that's a place you could, yeah. you're not licensed. They don't have a degree in doctors, a PhD in doctors. They're not uh, licensed to practice. Right, right. Uh, but I guess you can sort of call yourself doctor. There should be like an asterisk, not really a doctor. Mm-hmm. Doctoral is an adjective. Doctorless is also an adjective. Uh, no, none of us want to be doctorless. And doctorship is a noun. Have you ever been on a, a cruise of just doctors? That would be a doctorship. <laughs> that sounds awful. <laughs> yeah. Also, my joke was awful. <laughs> Um, okay, let's quickly look at the etymology. This is from the Middle English, doctor, 
with a U near the end, and that just means teacher or doctor. Um, bu- 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 from the Latin docere, which means to teach. And there's more at the word docile. Um, doctors are not always docile, but I think it's good mm-hmm. if they are. Mm-hmm. You got to have a good bedside manner. How would you say yours is? Um. Oh, gosh. Well, I'm, I'm a family doctor, so you, you have to like people if you go into family medicine. Yeah. Um, Key. There are definitely doctors that don't really value i shouldn't say value it's not a high priority for them to excel in bedside manner mm-hmm. um or or they're just not required to with their job i mean they're a pathologist or a radiologist or something right. that really doesn't maybe have much patient contact but family medicine is definitely the one of the arts of family medicine is connecting with people so yeah yeah especially with kids, it's it, it, it can be so difficult to communicate with kids just in general, and you get all different personality types, and who knows where they're coming from, what's their I life like. I would say on both both ends of the the age curve there, though, too. I mean, you get yeah. to a certain geriatric age, and it it really is an art as well to connect to someone who is at the extremes of life on either end. Yeah, for sure. And of course, everybody in between. Um, yeah, yeah, I have definitely come across doctors who uh, do who don't who don't feel like it doesn't seem like they really know how to talk to a human. And, uh, but luckily we have a lot of people who, who understand how to have some human contact and like talk to somebody in a respectful way with compassion. (laughs) What a concept. Yeah. Right. Weird. 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 Um, let's see. Well, we have one more form of the word doctor, but I think now might be an okay time to have you uh, sort of talk about this a little bit. And I can I can prompt you. Um, I'm curious, right. what? Uh, when did you first want to become a doctor? What was that like? How old were you? So I remember wanting to be a doctor by the time I was in third grade. Oh, wow. So... Um, Early years, I mean, I was a child of the 80s, so of course I wanted to be a marine biologist. I yeah. mean, Jacques Cousteau. Every, everybody wanted to be a marine biologist growing up. Yeah. Um, I wanted to be an astronaut and was brokenhearted that my parents would not send me to space camp. Um, and then probably by the time I was in third or fourth grade, I was convinced I was going to be a doctor. I didn't think I'd end up in family medicine. I actually didn't really... I mean, it was the only kind of doctor I really knew growing up living in a rural community. You just, you don't have specialists. Right. Um, but I, I was convinced I wanted to be a doctor. So I went to med school and I remember I went to a small liberal arts college, about 1200 students. And so I showed up that first, first week and we had a pre-med like meet and greet with the pre-med advisors and there was maybe 40 or 50 people in the room. And I remember she said, she looked around and she said, you know, this is your competition. One to two of you will get into medical school. The rest of you aren't going to. So start thinking about what you would like to do instead. Um, That's a small percentage. (laughs) Yeah. And I remember looking around, I'm like, wow, really sucks for them. (laughs) Um, (laughs) (laughs) They better start thinking. (laughs) It really just wasn't ever an option in my mind. I just, I just knew that that's what I wanted to do. So, um, yeah, I actually graduated undergrad in three years. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. And I went straight to med school. So I was young. I was 21 when I started med school. Mm. Um, and then med school's four years, uh, residency was three 
and okay so undergrad in only three years luckily you know that that helps you out uh that you're taking a year off the whole process because it's a long process med school for four years what um at the time did you have a specialty in mind was it did you get to family medicine at that point or something else the first two years, and so, and a lot of medical schools are kind of changing their curriculum, but traditionally the first two years were solely book work, and then the second two years were rotations. Um, and the first two years, they, they I, want you to learn like as much as possible of like everything. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, you have to learn biochemistry, anatomy, physiology. They divide the years traditionally. I'm dating myself too because I don't think all med schools follow this anymore, but they have that the healthy year and the sick year. Um, the healthy year is your first year where you learn everything in the body as it should be. You learn uh, anatomy, you learn physiology, you learn um, kind of all of those. This is how the body functions. And then the second year, you would learn all the disease states. So you learn how the heart works the first year. And then the second year, you learn what diseases affect the heart. Um, th- that is shifting. Some Some med schools now do like the heart and they learn start to finish the heart and then they'll move on to a different organ system. Mm -hmm. But when I was in school, it was a full two years of, of just kind of book work. We would have some shadowing experiences like a half day here or a half day there, just so we didn't completely lose our minds because most of the people that go into medical school are very people oriented. They, they really thrive from human interaction and that's what they're really looking forward to. And then you say like, I want you to study nonstop for two years and not really not talk to anybody or see anybody. You know, I always used to joke, they put, should put Prozac in the water in the drinking fountains. Um, totally. Ethical. It was tough. Yeah, it was tough. It was really tough. Honestly. Um, I did not go to a very, cutthroat school. Um, I interviewed at a couple med schools where they said, you know, like everybody lives in these dorms together. We advise you to lock your door because people will steal your notes um, to sabotage your ability to test. Um, It can be really cutthroat. So I didn't go to a school like that. Mine was, we all helped each other study and really wanted each other to succeed. um, uh, you have to take licensing exams as you go, board exams as you go. And so those are big stress events. Um, you take your first step after the first two years where they basically say, did you learn enough to go on to the next, you know, that's the first like big, big test or board or something. Yeah. yeah. They call it step one and it is an eight hour exam that covers, um, everything you learned the previous two years. Um, and then year three and four was rotations. So we would, you know, at, I went to a teaching university. So all of my rotations were pretty much at that hospital. Um, people who go to a medical school that isn't at a teaching university may have all of their rotations like scattered. Like they may have to find their own preceptors. They may do six weeks here and six weeks there, but mine was pretty much all at the teaching university. Um, so yeah, I did like six weeks in pediatrics, six weeks in psychiatry, four weeks in urology, you know, just rotated through absolutely pretty much every subspecialty um, where you get a taste. And and you go into that rotation and the trick is to never tell them if you've decided what you want to do, because mm. if it's not what they're doing, they won't want to teach you. So, right. you know, you're on a urology rotation. You're like, yeah, I may be interested in urology. And you're like, I don't have any interest in this, but... Um, 
Yeah, and then there's an exam for each of those rotations. And then by the beginning of your fourth year, you kind of have to have it figured out. So um, you start um, interviewing for residency spots. At the beginning um, of your fourth year? Yeah, kind of beginning to middle. Um, and then match day is in March. So match day is a day where medical students across the country find out where they're going for residency. So it's a really interesting process. Yeah. So uh, after you had done all your rotations, uh, did you have, what was your, what was the thing that like really got you interested? What did you want to go into? Everything. <laughs> yeah, that's um, the problem. <laughs> so that's why I ended up in family medicine. I yeah. loved kids. Um, but I felt on my pediatric rotation that that number of well visits or the same type of illnesses that I saw a lot, I just didn't feel like there was enough variety for me. Um, I really loved the care of the young woman and like... Um, especially young women, mothers, um, those child rearing years were something I really enjoyed. I enjoy discussing contraception and reproductive choice and, um, you know, that transition into motherhood, but I did not enjoy the surgical aspect of it. So hmm. OBGYNs would have to do surgery as well. So they do C-sections, but then they also do all the gynecologic surgeries. And I, I did not enjoy the operating room. Um, but I really had a soft spot in my heart for little, like, sweet old men, like, that are really lonely and just come in and hold your hand and want to talk to you. Um, so, yeah, I liked it all. And so that's how I ended up in family med. So you just deal with everybody. and Yeah. So I actually, like, you don't even know this because we haven't talked in forever, but I left clinical medicine two years ago. So now I am doing non-clinical work from home. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, when we were trying to schedule this, you mentioned like, I'm pretty flexible because I'm non-clinical mm -hmm. at home now, which is great. I was like, oh, she, yeah. you know, she's got kids and, and a practice and all that. So what what types of things, obviously, without giving, you know, too much information, like what do you what's your like day to day life like? Yeah. So I work um, part time for a company, a big tech company, and I work on their medical misinformation team. So um, mm. trying to get medical smut off the internet, um, which is really rewarding yeah. and feels good. Um, yeah, and then I, yeah, I am on our local board of public health. So I'm really involved in that. And I am on a, I do a lot of volunteer work. My son has a rare condition, so I am very active, um, with advocacy with that. And then just for funsies, because I always wanted to, I decided to start selling travel. So I am a part-time travel agent just for fun. <laughs> oh, nice. Yeah. Well, you know, there's yeah. there's a lot of personal benefits to that too. <laughs> there are. I love to travel. So yeah. yeah, that's a really good way to, it's like, yeah, you get into the thing that you, you like as a hobby and you can make, you know, you, it's like, it's like a win-win. Awesome. Yeah. 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 So that's what I do. Cool. Um, so after medical school, medical school residency, that was how long? Three years, you said? Medical school is four, residency's three for family medicine. It varies depending on what you yeah. go into. Like, yeah. Yeah. And then, and then... Surgical subspecialties are longer. Yeah. Oh. And then you're done. 
And then you're done and then you work forever, but you've got all this knowledge yeah. and you, you're helping yeah. people. Yeah. Well, I am incredibly impressed with you and every single doctor and nurse and somebody who's gone through that level of schooling and the amount of things that are getting shoved into your brain is, I can't even imagine it, but it's, it's we amazing. We often say it feels like drinking out of a fire hydrant, um, <laughs> <laughs> trying to get that sip and quench your thirst. You know, right. oh. Like, um, that's, that's too much <laughs> too much information um yeah it was fun you know and it's funny how you look back at times in your life that were so stressful and you you have these great memories um I met my husband the summer before I started med school and then we got married my first year of med school so we got married 11 months after we met mm-hmm. and then we decided you know what it's we can't travel right now. We can't do anything. Let's just start our family now so that we can, on the tail end, we get that time back. So I had my kiddos, my third year of med school, my third year of residency, and my third year of private practice. So yeah, you just do it. You just find a way. You do, you do. I mean, life goes on. Like, I think that's the biggest thing for me when I would mentor or talk to young women, especially who were thinking about medicine is, did I make different choices? Probably. Did I have to prioritize different things? Absolutely. Um, but if it's important to you, make it work, you, you find a way. Right. Yeah. I mean, it seems like you made the right decisions and there were hard times, I'm sure, but you figure it out and you look back and you're like, how did I get through that? I did. Uh-huh. Let's move forward. Yeah. And yeah. yeah. You guys are doing great. Yeah. You're such a cute family. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I see your pictures sometimes. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm sure there's a million questions, but, you know, the time is limited. And I think we got, you know, I, I wanted you to go through all that because I think it's really helpful for somebody who has just no knowledge of that world um, yeah. to to learn about what's involved in something like yeah, that. Yeah, I mean, I think. I think that the thing that I think a lot of people don't understand is the number, the amount of hours and the amount of testing that's required. So we talked about step one, then you take step two, which is um, your fourth year of med school, and it is um, a one or two day test. And then there's also an in-person like patient exam, simulated exam. And then you take step three during residency, which is another couple day exam. And then you have to take your licensing boards. And so those are a couple day exam. And then you repeat that every 10 years during your yeah. practice. Um, they say, you know, the amount of hours that uh, a physician um, really has, a doctor has in in proctored patient care, you know, approximates you know, 20 to 40,000 really when it's all said and done. And, and I think the thing for me, when I look at that word doctor is how much it's kind of been cheapened over the years. Like Hmm. people can get doctorates in lots of things. Um, and not to say that our, um, advanced practice practitioners in medicine are amazing parts of the care team, but when someone can get a doctorate in nursing and call themselves a doctor in clinical practice, I think that that's a really interesting concept. And I think you're seeing a lot of physicians move towards the word physician to differentiate themselves from other people, yeah. you know, 
physical therapists have doctorates or an audiologist has a doctorate and they can technically call themselves doctors. So who gets that title in the healthcare field is a point of a lot of debate right now. Yeah. Uh, you know, and, and lawyers, they're a doctorate of jurisprudence right. or something like Pharmacist. that. Uh, you could be get a doctorate in mathematician. Um, I think right. even, you know, in my world, I think you can get a doctorate, like a master's or whatever in film and, you know, things mm-hmm. like that. So yeah, that, that, that makes a lot of sense that you physician has a much more medical connotation. If you're a doctor, you want to use that word. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe um, I'll have to have you come back uh, for the word physician, or we'll we'll come up with some other physician. You know, somebody you know. <laughs> I don't know. What's that? Know any physicists? <laughs> physicists, yeah. Oh, that's going to be a whole fun <laughs> topic to talk about. Oh, yeah. All right. Um, I'm going to make a sound effect. <laughs> we have the second form of the word doctor. This is the verb form uh, from 1712. We are starting with transitive number 1A. Uh, this Well, okay, food is probably going to be part of this. But first, to give medical treatment to. So when your patients come in, you, you can be like, yo, I'm about to doctor you. <laughs> you, you would... Yeah, I mean, I think we still use that. Like, like if your kid needs a bandage, you say, oh, I'll doctor that up or I... I'll go doctor you. Yeah. I don't know if I have ever used that, but yes, I mean, it it does get, you you hear it sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, 1B, to restore to good condition. And the synonym is repair, as in doctor, an old clock. So uh, that's, you know, the, the doctor of clocks. They can doctor a clock. Yeah. Uh, 2A, to adapt or modify for a desired end by alteration or special treatment. As in, we have two examples. Doctored the play to suit the audience. Hmm. A modifying, I think this is a very general description, just modifying yeah. anything. Uh, and then also, the drink was doctored. And that has a whole other connotation. Ooh, yeah. Yeah. Um, where was that definition? To adapt or modify for a desired end by alteration or special treatment. So, of course, when we're thinking of a drink being doctored, yeah, there's, there is a desired effect that happens, yeah. um, but not one that will make... I usually think of that as like a non-ethical doctoring of, yeah. I lost my headphones. Can you say that again? <laughs> I usually think of that as like not quite ethical um, doctor. Yeah. Yeah. Not the doctor way, drink. not the way we should be using the word doctor. Uh, but you yeah. know, of course, we now we just use it to to change a thing. I'm gonna doctor it up. Please don't doctor any drinks. <laughs> That's just a general statement. Don't do it. Uh, let's see, number two B, uh, to alter deceptively. This is, we're digging in, in more deep, actually, uh, as in accused of doctoring the election returns. We, oh. we have seen that um, topic a lot. Yeah, we sure have. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm sorry. I don't think the election returns were doctored, but you might think they were, but you're wrong. <laughs> exactly. We have a couple um, intransitives. Number one, to practice medicine is to doctor. Doctor. And number two, this is a dialect. 
Uh, it is to take medicine. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, it doesn't say where this is a dialect, where people say this, but I guess if you're taking medicine, you're doctoring yourself. Yeah. And let's go back to that. Like, I've always thought it's interesting that we practice medicine. Mm-hmm. We can mm-hmm. talk about that. Yeah. You're, you, you did a lot of practicing to become yeah. a doctor. But then, yeah, why do we say practice medicine? You just say, I do medicine. I don't know. What would make more right. sense? I, yeah, I don't know. But it is an interesting phrase. Yeah, I've always wondered that too. You're, you're at the... And we say that to each other. It is a practice. You know, like if a colleague comes and they're like, I have this question. I'm like, it's, it's you know, this is a practice of medicine. We all have different opinions and you, you hear what you um, are ready to hear from a patient and, you know. Yeah, it's it's like, I mean, I guess if you could say um, you, the, the, your practice where you work is your practice uh, and you are practicing yes. medicine. And I guess the idea is you're always learning. You're always, always it's learning. a repetition, yep. right? So yeah, I'm sure there's going to be some interesting definitions when we get to the word practice. Because there's, there's a lot. Um, okay, it is your turn for the last sound effect. This is a lot of pressure. <laughs> That's why I... <laughs> that was a perfect last sound effect. We're coming to the end. The last word is doctorate. D-O-C-T-O-R-A-T-E. Noun from 1570. It is... Oh, that's... It's old. That's still the test of time, yeah. Yeah. Uh, It is the degree, title, or rank of a doctor. And of course, as we have said, there are lots of people, uh, lots of types of doctors who have a doctorate who can get a doctorate if they go through all those levels of schooling. Right, right. So what's your official title? You're a doctorate of, or you have a doctorate of? Medicine. Just medicine, yeah. Because you know everything there is to know about medicine. Evidently. Yeah, that's what they say. <laughs> um, okay, so what we're going to do now is I'm going to quickly just reread the words and you get to pick a word of the episode. And I, th- I think it might, I think I have an idea, but I'm not going to say. Okay. We had today. Dock, dockage, docker, docker, docket, docket, dockhand, dockland, dockmaster, dockside, dockworker, dockyard, docosahexianoic acid, doctor, doctor, doctorate. And I think you might pick dockhand, but I could be wrong about that. It was really a. It was dockhand. Um, was and dockland. Yeah. Dockland was really high up there. Um, uh, I'm gonna pick dockhand. Dockhand. Let's do it. Let's pick dockhand. Okay, you can absolutely say no to this. Would you like to sing a little song about dockhand, or just sing the word dockhand? No pressure. And my standards are very low because my songs are terrible. Hmm. I'm thinking. And it can just be whatever comes off the top of your head. Dockhand. Yeah, it had a beginning, a middle, and an end. That was all we needed. I loved it. (laughs) Dockhand is the word of the episode. Uh, And and maybe the runner-up will be doctor. You know, just just because. Yeah, we'll just throw that in there. Yeah, that's that's a fine word. Um, thank you so much for doing this. Um, is there... Thank you. It was fun. 
I, I love I love having a guest on. It's a whole new and you know, it was great to catch up with you after all these it what is, 14 absolutely. years. 14 years. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Um long time. You know, I know that you're you're a non-clinical doctor, you you work at home. Uh, is there anything that you would want to plug to say 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 to the people anything, you know, this this is your time for that. Oh gosh, it is the coolest profession. It really is to just be invited into the most private and sometimes sacred moments in people's lives. There's just nothing like that. Um, yeah. It, for anybody who's thinking about it, it's worth it. It's it's an amazing career. And um, there's so many opportunities with the degree, even if you don't end up practicing clinical medicine forever. So um, yeah, yeah. I do it again. That same with nurses, you know, there's a, the, the options of a job out there are so more, so much more vast than you can even comprehend until you actually get Absolutely. into the, the, the situation. Um, yeah. yeah, I was going to say, do you have any suggestions for thoughts for, uh, for people trying to get into this, but you already said that. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it takes a lot of hard work. It really does. Right. <laughs> I'm not going to minimize that. <laughs> yeah. It's worth it. Sounds like it's worth it. It is. It is. Yeah. yeah, it's a it's a very private thing that you deal with when you know people have medical situations or just want to get a checkup. But yeah, it's uh, mm-hmm. you're you're being led into their life, and that's that's pretty amazing. And I'm glad that that's that was the first thing that you said. You know, that's right up there in the front of your your brain. And I don't think you know seasoned doctors may not think about that anymore. Um, so yeah, that was great to hear. It was never lost on me. Um, Mm. I think especially practicing in a small town where you saw the people outside, like to know that they trusted you with those deep, sometimes dark places in their life. Like it's a, it's really an honor. Yeah. And there's a little thing called HIPAA that, uh, requires you to keep all that in. And ethics and all that. You know, those little things. (laughs) Yeah. Um, that was that was great. Uh, words of wisdom from Dr. Maggie Mangold. Thank you so much for doing this. And um, you know, maybe maybe we'll see her again in the future. If you want to see the video of this, um, uh, join the Patreon. Uh, do all the things. Go be a doctor if that's something that you're interested in. Yeah, do it. Yeah. Uh, until next time. This is Spencer dispensing information. Goodbye.